Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bijou Banter. Uh, in the Zoom studio, we got Orson Cod. Hello. Daniel Merguru Hoyer. Hello. And myself, Matthew Hutt. And it will be our final episode of Bijou Banter for the 2021 2022 um, calendar, calendar year. But we're still going to be around during the summer every now and then. Then we'll be back in August full force with weekly banter. And for our final episode, we are going to talk about a very anticipated theatrical film. And that is called Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is the 28th entry into the MCU, 28th film. I don't even know at this point, but enough stalling. Let's get in on this. So it was directed by Sam Raimi, best known for the Evil Dead films and the Spider-Man trilogy. Um, I haven't really heard of those films, not going to lie. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, and it is a sequel to the 2016 film Doctor Strange, which was back in phase two. Yes. And it stars Bandit Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Bandit Wong, Sachitli Gomez, Michael Stuhlbarg, and Rachel McAdams. And the plot of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness uh, from IMDb. Dr. Stephen Strange casts a forbidden spell that opens a doorway into the multiverse, including an alternate version of himself whose threat to humanity is too great for the combined forces of Strange, Wong, and Wanda Maximoff. What do we think about this movie? So I'm a huge, I, I really liked the first Dr. Strange. I thought it was kind of an under, um, under the radar MCU film when thinking about a lot of the others, but that's kind of fair because around the time it came out, then, you know, there was also Civil War, the Infinity War stuff. So I guess I can kind of understand that, but I always thought it was a fun one. And it's weird. It's been six years since that first Doctor Strange movie. Um, and I'm a huge Sam Raimi fan. Obviously, he's one of my favorite filmmakers. And so, of course, I was super uh, I was really anticipating this. And it's fun. It's not as great as I think it could have been. So it is a bit underwhelming and it's kind of messy. But if it really wasn't for Raimi and like him putting his signature style in this film, I, I don't think I would have liked it as much. There are some cool moments, but... For a movie that's called The Multiverse of Madness, they don't really play into the madness of the multiverse that much. Sam Raimi saves this movie, in my opinion, I think. Can I think this, the screenplay and the way this film was paced was not really that great. Um, it, like Orson said, it was very much a mess from the get-go. It kind of rushes into so many things. Um, and it makes like the plot kind of feel like less impactful. Um, because I mean, at least like say the first Doctor Strange, like the story, it was a simple origin story, but everything kind of made sense, despite the fact that you know the world of Doctor Strange is a world that doesn't really rely on sense. And here it's kind of where it doesn't it feel I felt very underwhelmed going out of the theater for some reason I mean I I enjoyed the film I was very entertained by it um and I think the like it still has those trippy visuals and it still kind of takes you on that ride and I like I said I think it's Sam Raimi that really saves this film because I think without it this would have been a really poor effort from DMCU and considering that we had another multiverse film that came out earlier this year that was probably much better and obviously it's not fair to compare everything everywhere all at once in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness because they're both two different films but I think I might be a tad bit spoiled on the former and I think that without Sam Raimi this wouldn't have been as good as a trip as it should have been. 
before I get into my brief thoughts, I forgot to mention that the first half or so of this discussion will be spoiler free. And then halfway through, we'll acknowledge that there's going to we're going to go into spoilers. We'll make that very clear for those that have not seen this film yet. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll make we'll be sure let you know. But my thoughts on this film, I really like the first Doctor Strange. I think it's a very underappreciated MCU film. Uh, People I've talked to some people that think like, oh, it's a very basic Marvel origin story. But I'm one of those people who think that for Doctor Strange, it's not only a good origin story, but it does the origin formula very, very well. And to me, that elevates it to a cut above like the average Marvel film. And also the visuals are incredible. So I was excited for Doctor Strange, too, especially with Sam Raimi being the director. Originally, he um, he picked up the slack after the original director, Scott Derrickson, dropped out due to creative differences. I'm like, oh, he's a perfect choice for this because they were originally going to go down um, much more of a horror movie tone with this film when they announced it at Comic-Con. And that got me really excited. Marvel has never really done horror, at least in the MCU. So especially after No Way Home to the fact that they were going to explore the multiverse, explore just how bizarre and strange it is following that. And also Loki as well. This is like, okay, what we're entering now is a new direction for the MCU in terms of its storytelling. And I'll be honest, I was very, very underwhelmed. I I want to say it's bad because it's not a bad movie. I still had a fun time, but the problems that I have with it is that as a story about the multiverse, not only does it not explore many aspects of it, but it just it's not a great story to begin with. And kind of what Daniel said, we, we talked about this after we saw it. If Sam Ray, Raimi hadn't directed this, I think this would have been like a bottom tier MCU film because the story is so sloppily done. Like it, it rushes, it somehow rushes through its opening, but also drags it out to an indescribably long length. And it has some of the most incoherent structure structure of any film in any mcu project like it it doesn't make sense in terms of what the story is trying to tell even though you the characters have a clear goal like whether it be like strange or wanda or even the side character america chavez they all have goals but when combine that into a structure it literally you cannot follow it i i found it very hard to follow for some reason because nothing was nothing was made clear what I do appreciate about it and what I think makes this a cut above many other MCU films is the fact that Sam Raimi, it seems like Marvel just let Sam Raimi do almost whatever. And my God, he's re- he really brings his A game to this movie because this, what they said about Venom 2, about that pushing the PG-13 rating to its limit, nah, this does it. This pushes it to a degree where I was shocked that they were even able to get away with this, especially for Disney. And it's just a shame that the script that, that Raimi was given wasn't better because if, if, if he had a better script, this would have easily been a top five MCU film. But unfortunately, it's kind of a mid-tier for me. It makes me wonder because I something you said in your review, Matthew, I read it last night, but I actually 100% agree with, and it's my theory too, is that Scott Derrickson wanted to make a straight up horror movie. And like Marvel is just like, nah, we're not going to do that. We'll take horror elements where we're not making like a full on jump scare fest, which Scott Derrickson is kind of known for. Um, so that's why he left. They had to rewrite the script. So this is not the one they were originally going to do mm-hmm. for that version. So I'm curious to know what it was going to be before, if that makes sense. If it was a more coherent story or if it was worse, like what did they take? Did anything bleed over? That's what I'm curious to see. But I doubt we'll ever know. I hope that I hope that original script somehow like gets released hopefully it doesn't get leaked but you know somehow gets thrown onto like a a screenwriting website because this was originally supposed to come out before no way home 
as well. So I yeah. believe what Mar- Marvel's plan was, was to, this to be the introduction of the multiverse, but then COVID happened. So they had to rework their schedule. So they rewrote a lot of stuff from this movie. But even then, they don't really acknowledge the past. It still feels like this is the first time we're seeing the multiverse, which it isn't. We've seen it in No Way Home. We've seen it in Loki. So I'm not, I don't really understand why they made such a big effort to like, you know, switch all that around when they barely tap into that. Well, it's interesting too, because they said like there were three parts to this multiverse story they were going to do. WandaVision, which wasn't really multiverse, then No Way Home, and then Doctor Strange. And everyone was like, okay, that's going to be the culmination where they really get into it. You know, the multiverse of madness and to what you just said. Not really. Like, it just felt like it was like, okay, we're going to tell you what this is again. It's like, no, we get it. I think most humans are able to understand what the multiverse is, whether it's got different lore in the MCU or not. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, it should have spent a little bit more time exploring the universe. Like, because obviously you do have the typical plot, which I'm not going to we'll get into spoilers about what it, the plot is exactly is. But I think it's like they could have spent time, like, you know, having maybe a little bit of a chase through different multiverses or something. And instead of just, you know, being confined to like only two of them. And it doesn't, for me, it doesn't necessarily make sense where um, they just, they don't spend that time exploring because like, you know, I think there is a lot of like, ideas that you can really get from it and i gotta say one thing for like obviously spoiler talk is that basically i wouldn't say keep your expectations up because it is an entertaining film but i do think it definitely it definitely tries to subvert the expectations but it doesn't necessarily do add anything into it that makes it um makes it like you know reaching those expectations i mean at spider-man no way home let's face it hit those expectations it really did it but it kind of saved it it didn't have to like it didn't have to like you know shove everything in your face all at once and here it's like they're trying to shove it a bit but it's like it pulls back and i think that's what kind of really makes the film not that really interesting because it doesn't we have I mean it has an angle but it's like it just does I feel like they should have did a lot more time you know exploring these universes a bit and you know coming up with more ideas and because I don't know there's been so many multiverse movies at this point and I mean it's multiverse has existed for years it's been in tv shows it's been obviously it's been in comics it's been in movies it's always been an idea that's been tapped upon in science fiction it's nothing new but I always want something that, you know, can we say like, yeah, we're going to explore these universes and we're going to, and we're, but we're still going to kind of keep ourselves focused on these plots. And I feel like that's like something that was very lacking with this. And, and but, I mean, I think that's where the writing comes in because I think Grammy took full advantage of all the creative control he had for this film. Like he took so much, um, despite the fact that, you know, the script wasn't giving him enough. And I wish that if the script gave him more to work with and more to explore with, I think this would have been a much better film. I think there's two, there's two big problems that really do suffer. One I've already mentioned is structure. Because I know some people have realized this after the excitement of No Way Home. Some people think 
that the logic of it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But for me, the plot is still coherent. I could still easily identify the conflict and the goals of every character and also pinpoint a solid three-act structure. I can't really in this because even though it, it is present, the middle act feels just so aimless and like just there's just no direction, basically. I have no sense of like where the characters are going to go from from there because for there's one scene in the middle that i swear i thought we were in like the last third but we weren't we weren't even near the last third because it's just it's so awkwardly paced the movie starts off i'm not i don't think this is really a spoiler it starts off it throws you right into the action basically so right away your sense of like where you where the story is is kind of thrown off which maybe that was the intention but it's not a very good it's not a strong opening though because it just feels like it's out of nowhere and we don't have any agency or, or like investment because we don't we don't know the context yet until a little bit later. But like, that's not really how you should start a story, I think. And also, too, I think probably one of the worst things about this movie, more, th- more so than any other MCU project, this relies you to watch so much stuff in the MCU to in order to understand this film. Not even including the first Doctor Strange, because this obviously this is a sequel. But if you haven't seen all of WandaVision, Loki, what if and no way home this movie's not going to make any sense and i think that's a massive problem because even though this is a shared universe everything's interconnected they should still work as standalone movies that's why the spider-man films work so well or even something like black panther as well it's not really it's connected into the universe but there's not so many references or plot threads from past films that essentially are prerequisite for this but doctor strange 2 is that is that worst offender because if you haven't seen anything the movie doesn't make any sense. That's a major problem. That's that's honestly um, not a good way to tell your story if you need that information as a necessity, not a convenience. Yeah, it's kind of I kind of had the same issue that you know a lot of the Phase Two films had um, because it was definitely oh, very prevalent in something like um, Avengers Two: Age of Ultron, where they spend where it's like although like the actual throughout of the story is there, it's like. It's like, oh, we got to spend time, like, you know, exploring these characters and exploring, exploring things to come. And they don't really go anywhere in the, in the course of that film. And this has the same issue. Um, I mean, I don't, in terms of which one is better, I think, I think Age of Ultron is much better because I think, like, you know, the characters were a little bit more interesting in that one. I mean, and not to say that the characters in this one weren't interesting. I mean, they're still the same characters, obviously with a little bit of changes, um, a little bit of change in them, but they don't, but they don't necessarily have, in, apart from one, none of, they don't really have interesting arcs going on. I mean, I think that's what Age of Ultron really has over this, which obviously yeah, a different type of film. That film was obviously more of like the, other big event Marvel film before the, you know, they started making everything an event film. And I think that, but I think I, that one had more time to explore characters here. It's like, you're so rushed into the settings and the and into the plot. It's like, you're not given enough time to really have the idea of being in the multiverse be that present and I think that's what really kills the film is like you don't get that time in the multiverse one of the things that I'm really feeling right now is where is phase four going like what is the big you know end game that they're building to because obviously 
with the first set of the MCU films, you're like, oh, it's the Thanos era. Where are they going now? Because there are signs that point to the multiverse or other signs that point to this or that. And it's like, I, I'm so confused as to like, it feels like they're just putting out films and they're not even sure themselves, to be honest. Or it's just that they're just not showing us yet, which I think could be a little bit of an issue. And I know people will be like, well, you know, it took them time to introduce characters like Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man. And it's we like, knew those yeah, characters. We knew those characters. And two, that was very different from where those movies were at the time. There, that wasn't really a thing back in the early and mid-2000s where, you know, we were having those kind of superhero movies. Now we expect that, like, okay, we're going to be setting the ground, the bread crumbles or whatever for what the next big story is. And I don't think we're there yet which is kind of an issue, or maybe we're just not seeing it. Yeah, I mean, I think- We might just not be seeing it. Yeah, I think it wants to give us those unexpected turns, but I think it's just like, it. and we sat, we isn't so far in phase four, but it's like, if out that angle, because although the angle has been hinted at, it was hinted at in the season finale of Loki, it was, but I, is that actually going to be the angle? I mean, because at least with the others, like, you at least had, you were given glimpses of Thanos. You were given glimpses of things to come. Um, and here it's like, you're not really given any glimpses of things to come, which, because I mean, and yeah, they have to focus on the story. Like they really have to focus on the story at hand before, you know, expanding into other MCU properties. I mean, I mean, I think that's like been a big issue with, a lot of what MCU has been having going on. It's like, oh, we got a hint that a hint of things to come, but it's also like we want to constantly reference what happened before. And this is like, it's not, I feel like it's so focused on trying to give you a, like a multiverse type story that it forgets about the multiverse in some way. And I get that. I mean, the MCU technically is already in multiverse in some sense, but it's like we're not necessarily given like how big the multiverse is in this universe or like how and like, you know, how vast it is. I mean, I think that's what I think that's what my expectations were with this is that I kind of wish it would have explored it more, which I keep on reiterating. But I think that's just something that they should have done. And And I don't understand how you you just, I don't know what happened or if maybe this is in the rewrite or if this is the original intention all along. I don't understand why you would decide to call this film the Multiverse of Madness when one, you only show like three universes pretty much. And two, it's not like they're even that crazy to begin with. They're basically just variations of our own society, but not like so absurdist or like bizarre. It's not like in everything everywhere all at once, where it's like one universe, they have hot dog fingers. It's like, it's not that strange. It's just like, it just looks like a futuristic society. Like it looks like the town, the city in Free Guy. Like there's yeah, no right. create, there's like, there's not a ton of creativity. There's no like bizarreness. And with the exception of one scene when they're traveling through, which is admittedly a very, very impressive scene, especially from a VFX standpoint, there's nothing that exciting about these universes. And it's like, how do you, how, how did you make this movie and just like make the universe just so unspecial and more just like, a variation of what the world we live in today. That's what I don't understand. I will say, I should have mentioned this earlier. Yesterday, I did a double feature of Doctor Strange 2 and everything, everywhere, all at once. I, it's, it was, first of all, a very multiverse-filled day, but I definitely mm-hmm. agree with that where it seems like for a small independent-ish film with everything everywhere, they just leaned into all those crazy aspects. And those are just 
two guys, the Daniels, that, I mean, from what I can just tell, is like, they're just two guys that like to make movies. And then you look at like Sam Raimi and like, you know, Marvel, and it's like, no, that's like the tippy top of Hollywood right now. And it's like, you're telling me that just two random guys could come up with some more crazy stuff and obscure stuff than like Marvel, which is known for like, with their weird cosmic Doctor Strange-esque stuff. There's some really weird stuff in the comics. Doctor Strange is really weird. Even like Guardians of the Galaxy, the worlds they explore, that's not even multi, that's not even a multiverse. That's just like their own dimension. And it's way more strange. It's way more creative and it's way more intergalactic because you can't, there's things there that you can't see in our reality. Granted, there's a lot of that in this film, like there's certain characters and just kind of like weird designs too, but you don't get that sense of strangeness or madness even really the only sense of man the the only madness that we get is from wanda's character pretty much which we could talk about that too later but the weirdest thing and this isn't a spoiler is pizza balls and it's like that isn't really that crazy (laughs) because i feel like that's kind of a real thing but that's an eric andre joke yeah that's not like (laughs) yeah it's not that's not really that crazy as like hot dog fingers or some of the, the wild stuff they did and everything everywhere yeah, because it is, it is baffling because, you know, everything everywhere all at once definitely has a much smaller budget than this film does. Um, and, you know, I and the Daniels were able to be creative within those limitations and, you know, kind of take advantage of that because you probably couldn't spend too much time in those universes in everywhere, everywhere all at once because I guarantee they they probably didn't have much time to film there. So they probably had to take what they can get in this film in variety of locations in a short amount of time. Marvel has the ability since they end the budget to, you know, to have everything at its disposal. Like they basically, they got the actors, they got, they got one of the best horror directors ever. And they don't even get the time. And it's like, they, it feels like they're so combined to only these three universes that it's not, you're not feeling anything from this multiverse. You really aren't. I mean, and it's fine because we got that feeling a bit from Loki. I mean, we, and maybe a little bit of WandaVision. I mean, WandaVision was much more obviously focused on something else, but it's like, you're not getting that time to, you know, explore. I mean, I, I keep on reiterating it, but that's, I mean, because I know my expectations were super high for this, but it's like you need you need to give your you need to go all out. And it feels like Marvel just wasn't able to go all out. I mean, it feel like a kind of like it was a product again rather than an actual interesting story. And that's what really was such a letdown. It feels like they got cold feet with some of the stuff that I think was fairly expected by fans that they were going to do. And then they were like, oh, I guess we're going to save that for Avengers Secret Wars in like 2025 or something. Because there were definitely, you know, some rumored appearances that I think everyone was like, oh, of course that person's going to be there. How could they not? And then it's like, oh, I guess that person wasn't there. Where are they going to be? I guess speaking of people being in this movie, should we get into the spoilers section? We're about a little before halfway. Sure. Good? Okay. So now we are in spoilers, everybody. If you haven't seen Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, um, please stop this discussion. Go watch it if you would like to and then come back. Or if you don't care about spoilers, we are now going to talk about pretty much everything, the big reveals and stuff. So yeah, spoilers. So there's a really cool reveal in this movie. There's a there's a lot of cool reveals. So from the trailers, from that Super Bowl trailer, we knew that um, Patrick Stewart as Professor X was going to return. But 
there there's um there's a scene in the middle where strange is in this alternate universe and he goes to like this the um what's it called the illuminati court mm. pretty much and on the trial there's 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 um heroes these heroes are um how do we lead up to it black bolt black bolt yeah. from inhumans um uh, Which I never saw, but I heard it was quite terrible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and for those that don't know, Inhumans is like a short-lived Marvel show on ABC that got canceled within its like first few episodes. Like, yeah, yeah. apparently um, it wasn't that good. Yeah, Cap- Captain Carter, the variant from What If, um, Maria Rambo from Captain Marvel, and probably the biggest one, um, John Krasinski as Mister Fantastic and Irving right. Richards. Whether or not it's the real, it's the real Reed Richards, or it's just a variant, it's crazy that he's in it because this is like a fan idea. This is like a no way home level reveal. Everyone thought it's like, okay, this will be incredible if it actually happens. And I think subconsciously, I knew that this is eventually going to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen right now because, like, the theater just erupted because they're just like, whoa, now it's getting real. I guarantee you this is probably real casting and it's like mm-hmm. an audition. So here's my theory. Here's my theory. I couldn't, you know, I knew this was going to happen because of people on Twitter that really like to spoil stuff. And that made me kind of upset, but nonetheless, it didn't take away from the scene itself. Here's my theory. So recently John Watts stepped away from directing the fantastic four movie mm-hmm. and people were like, Oh, well it's cause he's tired. He wants to do other superhero movies or something other than superhero movies. The dude's not tired. He's making a movie right now with Brad Pitt and George Clooney. If he was tired, like he would have said this during like his, you know, right before he was doing No Way Home or like right after. He's not tired. Kevin Feige got John Krasinski to direct because John Krasinski probably didn't want to just act. He was just like, well, I'm moving into like the directing stage of my life. And he's like, okay, well, I guess you can direct it. We just got to get John Watts out of there. And I'm sure John Watts was offered something like maybe the next Spider-Man trilogy or like the next Avengers movie or something. That's my theory. And it'll probably, the announcement will come soon. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I really like these reveals because honestly, I think it was expected to kind of see the, I mean, not Black Bolt. I think, I let's face it, who, I don't, unless somebody watched Inhumans, I don't know if anybody ever knew who Black Bolt was unless you like read the comics. But I think these these were pretty expected. Um because you saw a little bit of them in the trailer, but I think, I don't know, for some reason, I was still a little bit let down. I mean, it, you know, it gives us a little bit of a dose with these characters and this kind of like saying like, we're gonna, we might see more of these characters, but it's, they're on screen for like about 15, 20 minutes. And no, you can kind of say the same thing for like um, Garfield and McGuire and No Way Home, but at least like they had them like, you know, participate in some way in, into the story. And here it's like they participate, but it's like, I don't know, there's like something about it where they don't necessarily feel like, I don't feel as excited seeing these characters as much as like, like as much as I was like, say, seeing McGuire and Garfield and No Way Home. I mean, I feel like, and not to say it's a bad casting, like this is this is still good casting. I mean, Haley Atwell as Captain Carter, John Krasinski as... Mr. Fantastic, my roommate still couldn't get over the fact that it was Jim from The Office, but it's whatever. And I think it's just like you can't necessarily, I feel like they're giving us a little bit of a dose of like maybe getting Krasinski, but it's like I'm not giving, for some reason I was still very let down. And I think it's just like we're not 
given time to explore their universes. I think we, I want to see their universes. And I feel like that's like something that it's a multiverse. You, you can have as many characters as you want, but these characters can fit in with like the, the, the other MCU universe. But it's like they're not necessarily, you're not feeling like they're from different universes. They're just characters. You're not. And I feel like that's like an issue. I think, too, it's because in No Way Home, we've already had that attachment with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, especially if you grew up with those movies. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think it's just it's a cool um, it's just cool to see when people either there's like rumors or there's like fan cast ideas to see that kind of come to light to acknowledge like, oh, Marvel is acknowledging what the fans want in some way. I think that's really cool to see. And it's a nice little treat, I'd say. It obviously wasn't a selling point for the movie, even though they're like, oh, there's if they reveal Professor X in a trailer, who else are they going to reveal? People are going on about like, oh, is Deadpool going to be in it or something like that? But it's it's just it does get me more excited to see what they're going to explore with future MCU projects. So in a way, it was kind of like a little teaser trailer within the film. And yeah, I wish they could have done a bit more with them. But at the same time, they didn't have to do that. They honestly didn't have to. I thought the death scenes were brutal. Those were oh yeah, the death scenes. Yeah, where the black bolt's head just like explodes, and then Mister Fantastic is like you know pulled apart like string cheese. I was like, what the frick? Like that's wild. And then probably Captain Carter's death was probably the most insane. I mean, probably the most graphic you'll probably ever see. Like at least MCU content, like you never see that where she just gets herself chopped in half of her shield. Like that's, that was insane. It's, it's honestly like, I, I don't know what they did to like get this to be a PG-13. I mean, I guess they didn't show a lot of blood maybe, but it's like, they, I was very surprised with how much they pushed it. I'm usually not that kind of person to like get like that shock. Cause like, I feel like I've been pretty desensitized to stuff throughout my life, but I was just like, wow this is brutal this is dark because like like i don't know how a kid might be able to handle this like because obviously we're adults so like we come to expect that but it's like if you were a parent and you took like your like your eight-year-old to see this like i don't know like it, 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 i would i would probably have to like you know kind of step and be like yeah maybe you should wait on this one for a bit especially the same for professor x's death that was like a full-on like freaky scene like with the yeah there and having his neck snapped I think too the whole the whole tone and vibe of this movie I think is what really does work because it it has it's not only really dark but it does lead into those horror aspects too. There's a few jump scares which I think one of them was actually pretty effective too. But I think it was I think it was the one with Professor X when Wanda comes out like the rubble. I thought that one was very effective. The whole theater like jumped, and then even when um Wanda is kind of like chasing them through this facility, there's one part where she like she comes out like a mirror. And it like the way she moves, it's like it's it's very. Oh, it, I don't know. How, it I can't describe. It. She looks she looks like a malfunctioning like yeah. animatronic or something. Yeah. It looks very disturbing to the eyes. It's kind of like those things where it's like when something human doesn't move like a human, it's just it creates this sense in your psyche that's just like this is just weird to look at. Yeah. They did that really well, and like I think probably the the one character that does save it would have to be Wanda. Because this does pick up from where WandaVision left off. They don't do a Ralph Boner joke, which thank God they didn't. But it does still, um, it picks up from where she's her trauma pretty much. 
and it follows through, which I thought made the film way more compelling and way more fascinating. Because I'll be honest, Doctor Strange doesn't really do a whole lot in this movie. Like, I don't know if you two got that sense, but he doesn't really do a ton. There were a lot of people that were like, uh, that I heard before watching the film that were like, oh, Elizabeth Olsen deserves an Oscar for this performance. It's really great. And I was like, wow, that must be something then. And I watched and I was like, yeah, she's pretty good. Oscar, though. I don't, know. I don't think I don't think there's any perform performance in the MCU that would be worthy of an Oscar unless they get like Daniel Day Lewis out of retirement to play yeah. a villain or well, something. I don't know. Christian Bale is just in a couple of months, so we'll have oh, to see. Oh, true. But, yeah, we, uh, we'll have to see. I'm guessing we should mention because we did kind of mention it. Um, Wanda is the villain in this movie. Um, more Scarlet Witch or so. Um, they they kind of rush into the fact that she's the villain in this movie um, once we get Wanda's introduction into this film. But honestly, I think that really, it was a good, like, it was pretty compelling kind of seeing Wanda as the villain in this movie. I think it's like you got to see really do weird, creepy things that you would definitely see in a Sam Raimi film. Um, I mean, I think my favorite part is like when she... Uh, it's like when she, it's like a scene where she's like going through a wall or something like going through the mirror and it's like she it's like contortionist type thing and it's like it's so creepy and it's like you never expect marvel to kind of go down that horror route in that way but it's like it's just so creepy and it, it it's really effective like she's a very intimidating villain but also a very sympathetic villain i think they did a really good job with using Wanda despite the fact that they kind of rushed her into villainy so quickly in this film. I remember reading a report because this movie went through reshoots at some point last year, pretty extensive reshoots. And I remember reading a report that said, now who knows how accurate this is, but I wouldn't be shocked now knowing if they were, how much they pushed the boundaries is that one of the things they were reshooting was Wanda's, all of Elizabeth Olsen's stuff because she was too brutal and violent. And Disney and Marvel were like, uh, uh, you know, we don't want to like give that kind of representation to one of our main female leads, but we'll still make her the bad guy. And I'm like, well, I want to see what this footage was that where she was like even more evil, if that makes sense. Because I mean, I think it's pretty obvious they're going to find a way to redeem her. She's not dead. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I understand if that's true Disney and Marvel's perspective, but I feel like they maybe should have pushed her a little bit more, but I'm not the judge of that kind of stuff. So I, I'm, su I'm surprised because I think what they did show did push indeed quite a bit of boundaries in terms of that type of violence and also horror-ish so i'm actually i would like to know what the um uh, if they release an unrated cut of this movie which i doubt they ever will that would be incredible i would love to see what this looked like before but i think what makes wanda's character so compelling and this same applies to wandavision too is that we've seen the good in her we've seen that she is deep down inside a good person but it's more just her corruption that creates this someone who's so powerful and so just like distraught basically i think that's what made that's why i always found her character so interesting is that transformation and they really play into that where you see her at the height of her power just in the way that you that she shouldn't be using that power so seeing that character unfold makes the story very compelling my only problem is that there's no balance between the antagonist and the protagonist there's not a strong balance between the two of them because dr strange is just like yeah, he travels through the multiverse because he has to protect America Chavez. But even then, the whole reason why he gets the multiverse is because of America, pretty much. She's the only one that can jump through these multiverses. So without her, 
like no i take that back strange can go into the multiverse we've seen that in no way home so why does he need her doesn't make yeah, i mean sense. the thing that honestly that i don't know strange did not have much of an arc in this film. I mean, you know considering it's dr strange that is a big issue um yeah he's the main character he's on the poster yeah like literally on the poster i mean it's it's something you gotta live up to because although like everything around strange is a little bit more interesting it's like strange himself really is not that interesting in the movie um because i mean i think that's what the first one has over this one is that the first one they kind of they kind of make they actually have good characterization with him and he kind of goes through like you know being somebody that was almost like a tony tony stark look-alike in some way which you know people can still kind of argue um is the case but in some ways it's like it's somebody who's always in over his head but never real but always was responsible for the mistakes he's made. And, you know, was also trying to grow from those mistakes in the first film here. It's like, he, he's just upset that he didn't get Rachel McAdams in this movie. Like that's really like the only type of character we go through. It's like, I'm just getting over the fact that my coworker got married and it's like, okay, I don't, think that's so really a, so he's a simpelling <laughs> yeah i mean it's like it it just doesn't make him an interesting character and the conflict between him and wanda is like i said it, like matthew said is a little bit unbalanced we don't even get time to, i mean we do see them interact and talk to each other but it's like there is it doesn't feel like strange as much of a leg in this game apart from america chavez who's just a very uninteresting character in this nothing game. about her nothing about her is interesting i mean it's i mean the only thing that i would say is like you know i mean obviously they have the gay moms in this movie um like she's um, a daughter of gay moms which obviously had a lot of issues when they had to pull it out of um like pull that scene out of like foreign countries because because um that's disney's just trying to appeal to the mass markets and obviously they don't want to offend anybody's um culture or religions and which is understandable but it, it's like it but it obviously felt like something that was kind of shoved in there that could have been easily removed and but apart from that they didn't really have any good characterization with america chavez and it just didn't work for me like going back to strange too like i really like the character of dr strange especially in the mcu i think he's very interesting and ben cumberbatch is great as him i think still He's, he's great in this film as well, especially with him playing his variants, because there's also Supreme Strange, there's like a Zombie Strange too, which I think those make it interesting, but it doesn't add to his arc. He has no arc other than trying to get over the fact that Rachel McAdams got married, which is that is that the arc you want to see from your main superhero in a superhero film? No, that's not what I want to see. This is like at the end of it's like at the end of Crystal Skull when Indiana Jones and Marion get married. Like, oh, wonderful! I get to see these characters get married at the end of my action adventure film. Like, that's not what I want to see. And even then, the side characters too don't really do much. Like, besides America Chavez, which my biggest problem with her is that her character solely exists just for a plot catalyst. She has no personality other than the only reason her existing is to get Strange into the multiverse, which technically he could do by himself anyway. So, what's even the point? But even like Wong doesn't really do a whole lot. And I like Wong as a character as well. Um, Chiwetel Ejiofor's character who is, appears as kind of like a like um, an enemy variant. That could have been interesting, but they don't really explore that too much. He just kind of like shows up for a few scenes and then just 
dips basically. So it doesn't have, it doesn't have a strong cast of characters, even though the actors are clearly trying with it. And I like all these actors too, but the script they're given to work with is not compelling at all besides what is written for Wanda's character. And Elizabeth Olsen does an incredible job as usual. I think she's one of my favorite MCU actors at this point, but why couldn't you apply that to all the other characters too? Yeah, it definitely what it is lacking. It's like you have these characters in this film. Like you have Mr. Fantastic, you have Black Bolt, you have a variation of Captain Marvel, you have Captain Carter. And it's like the thing that's lacking is like, because I think the whole reason why those scenes did not work for me is like those characters were acting so stoic. And they, and because maybe apart from Patrick Stewart, who let's face it, could play Professor X in his sleep at this point, <laughs> it's like you're not given. It's like they're so stoic. They're not very uninteresting. Because I mean, the whole reason they're there really is because of fan service. I mean, because obviously, and obviously, they show different variations of the multiverse. But it's like, really, it's like it's fan service at, at this point. It's like, oh, it, yeah. It's like you're bringing out. It's like you're going to a birthday party and you're bringing out the clown, and the clown is just not that funny, and it's not that interesting. And I think it really should have took advantage of characterization in this because honestly i think that's what people working forward to is some seeing that characterization apart from you know the whole multiverse of madness aspect yeah for how quick the illuminati scene was it's like did they even need to do it because it was just so quick and kind of what daniel was saying is that they just you know were off like that pretty fast there wasn't a lot of like oh okay i want to i mean yes people want to see mr fantastic again but the other characters it's like do we need those versions of the characters? Not really, probably. I, I remember everyone in the audience started laughing when they introduced the name, the, Illum- the Illuminati. I don't really? know if anyone had this. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, people like... started cracking up for some reason. I'm like, I think maybe because they thought it was in relation to the actual Illuminati, probably. but like the Illuminati is in the Marvel comics. So like, I don't know. It was it was an interesting reaction. Um, what What did you guys think of the CGI in this movie? Just curious. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. it pretty much, I, part of me wonders if they did some of the stuff on purpose to look like, you know, Raimi's kind of style. But at the same time, you know, there were definitely a couple scenes where I was like, that is some really interesting green screen. Yeah, the green screen is not that great. Like, I remember specifically, there's one shot in the beginning of America running away from that eye monster. And the key, like, the, the keying is oh, yeah. really, really bad. But but besides that, like I've heard, I've been reading stuff on Twitter. Like some people are saying, like this is some of the worst CGI I've ever seen. Like they say it has some great CGI, but also some of the worst. I'm just like, I don't know. I think I thought all of it was very very good for the most part. And yeah, it's I not mean, it's I, not Dune or anything like that. But it's like for MCU, it's pretty I, good. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, Moon Knight. I mean, no, it's like it's not going to be. I'm at this point, like it's just to me, it's just generic Marvel CGI. I mean, there's like some aspects that works, like the whole mirror scene, like obviously worked in its favor. And you know, I think of like the battle between uh, Wanda and the rest of the, the Illuminati worked as well, along with like the scene where Zombie Strange comes to life. I, I really like those scenes. Um, but otherwise, it's just very generic CGI, which, you know, isn't bad CGI. I think people, you know, but I think it's like, you know, people are kind of expecting like more visual effects that look more interesting because, you know, I think it's year like if you're going to have visual effects, you either got to make them really realistic or make them look really good. 
And and I think this this is still pretty solid CGI. Just that I'm just so numb to it at this point because every Marvel film has kind of had it at this level. While I really enjoyed this film, it definitely seems like there were a lot of rushed aspects to it. And I think probably the story and CGI kind of just fell to the wayside a little bit where they're like, you know what? This is the first draft of this room. We, we got to get shooting right away. So it doesn't matter. We'll just, we'll improvise along the way if something doesn't work. And then that's when they came in with the reshoots. And even then it felt rushed. And then with the CGI, it's like, it's fine. It's not great. It's not, you know, Infinity War or Endgame level. But yeah, it's kind of what Daniel said, just very generic MCU CGI. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's definitely, like, people say generic MCU CGI. Like, there's, last year's CGI in most MCU films was, like, really, really terrible. Like, Black Widow. I've, at first I said Shang-Chi, but then looking back, yeah, Shang-Chi CGI isn't that good. Some of the CGI in No Way Home is terrible. Some, some of the CGI in No Way Home. Uh, some of the CGI in Moon Knight, especially. If you've ever seen, if you've seen the first episode of Moon Knight, holy cow, the CGI is, like, embarrassing. This is the first time where it's, like, it's in that they really paid a lot of attention to the CGI because it's such a CGI-heavy movie and i think also what kind of makes it look good is the fact that the cinematography is really inventive mm. interesting it has sam raimi's style which he of course applied to like spider-man but it had, there's a lot of allusions to evil dead especially with like the like the pov shots or just like how fast the camera moves too and also the way it's edited it has a much cleaner not cleaner necessarily but it has a it has a more interesting presentation i'd say because every single sorry fresh Fresh, that's the word, yeah. Because every single MCU film, regardless of who the director is, they all kind of feel the same. It almost feels like it's a corporate product, but you can tell that Sam Raimi actually added some of his style into it. And it's one of the only times where I feel like a director has given their signature style and applied it to this MC to an MCU style project. Yeah, yeah. I think like the only one other director is who's able to apply their own style to it. Um, and I don't in the phase one like Marvel films, um, apart from maybe John Favreau did not have a style in it begin to begin with. I mean, Josh Wing kind of, you know, I'm guessing his style got duplicated a lot in the Avengers film, like in the future MCU films. But the really the only one who's been ever able to implement his style recently was um, Taika Waititi because Taika Waititi has a very interesting directorial style where it's like it's more on the interaction between the characters and also can be very visually interesting with Taika Waititi. And Sam Raimi it was, has very good visuals. I mean, he definitely, like I said, his whole signature style is all over this film because it's probably the one that's really going to stick out directorial-wise out of all the MCU films because it's the one where Sam Raimi was allowed to do whatever he wanted. I mean, obviously there were restrictions because they, yeah, obviously can't get the full R rating with this film, but it's like Sam Raimi was able to take advantage of his like style and just you know have so much of it in this film. And because you, because like you can tell, like if you put everything, like everything in MCU on five different screens, you can see one that's going to stick out, and that's going to be Sam Raimi. What do you think the future holds for like they said at the very end, which, by the way, um, post credit scenes, first one is interesting. Second one's hilarious. Please stay till the very yeah. end because it's mm -hmm. gold. Um, they say Dr. Strange will return. What do you think they're going to do a third one? Or do you think he's just going to kind of be like kind of like in No Way Home where he's a supporting character to another hero's big movie? 
What do you think the future holds for Doctor Strange? I feel like it's inevitable that obviously they're going to do a third Doctor Strange. One of the things I see on Twitter that a lot of people are like saying like, well, this post-credit scene doesn't matter because the first post-credit scene of Doctor Strange doesn't really matter where they set up a lot. And it's like, oh, I guess that never went anywhere. And it's like, oh. Sorry, remind me, what was the post-credit scene of Doctor Strange? So like Mordo goes to like someone and he takes his magic away from him and he's like, no more sorcerers or something. And people are like, oh, they're setting him up as like the villain now. And then that didn't go anywhere. And so they kind of had one throwaway line that didn't really make a lot of sense in the movie where he's like, oh yeah, he's trying to kill me. And it's like, what? Like, when is that? When have we ever heard about that? But I I feel like maybe this one probably will, but I don't want to like derail from your question, but here's my question. Does Sam Raimi come back for Doctor Strange 3 or something else? You know, unfortunately, um, like... Uh, most MCU films, this one actually, I mean, it, it has a decent Rotten Tomato score, but it's pretty, it's a lot lower compared to most films. Unfortunately, I don't see Marvel working with him again, to tell you the really? truth. Well, because there's there's a lot of people that really, really like it. And I really appreciate that Sam Raimi was able to give this movie a unique style. But Marvel's goal and Disney's goal is to make money, unfortunately. Unfortunately, they don't see art and creativity as the first as the first facet. They see the dollar signs as the first idea. So, or even like critical reception, they don't want to like, they want to please as many people as possible. So I could see them maybe going down another route where they get another director, or if they do get Sam Raimi back, they'd probably be like, yo, like tone it down a bit or something like that. I think this is making a lot of money right now. So what if- Oh no, it's it's making a lot of money, but like regardless if it makes a lot of money, it's more the critical reception or the audience reception too. Because yeah, um, Eternals was released during the pandemic age, but that still made a lot of money. But no one cared because it was boring. And also it just, it wasn't exciting in any way. This one, it's an exciting movie, no doubt, but it does push boundaries. It is a little more out there. And in, for lack of better words, it's strange. It's really, really weird. Is that what Marvel wants to go down or do they want to just like make it more safe? Right. And I'm not saying I want them to make it more safe. I would love if they make another Doctor Strange movie like this, just get a better script and a better writer. But unfortunately, I don't see Marvel doing that. Yeah, I mean, I think Marvel is just stuck to its formula so much that where every single film that's coming out now is just not really working. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, I mean, in terms of seeing Sam Raimi come back, there is potential, but I think some, sometimes like Disney is more focused on the product aspect than they are really on the creative aspect at this point. I mean, they're a company so big that if they could release like five box office bombs within a year and still maintain a lot of income and not fail, like they're simply at this point too big to fail. I mean, that's just Disney now. But I think it's just where I feel that, you know, there's, like I said, there's potential, but I don't think Sam Raimi is able to come back. Um, and it'll be nice to, you know, see Sam Raimi come back. You don't know, um, obviously Cumberbatch said he wants to do the character for another decade. So maybe we could see some Raimi style implemented somewhere, but I just don't know if it's going to happen. In terms of the whole future of the MCU, I think it's just unknown at this point because we there's, they still don't have an established angle I mean, no, you still you still got Thor 4 coming out. You still got Miss um, Marvel um, coming to Disney Plus pretty soon. But it's like, I'm not really excited. I mean, although I'm excited for Thor 4, I'm not really excited to see what's coming next to the MCU. I think they're really at a point where it's like, 
that kind of plateaued. And obviously, a lot of things have changed um, for the MCU after and after Endgame. Because, you know, are we going to see somebody like Black Panther again? Probably not, because obviously Bozeman passed, passed away during the pandemic, um, which is unfortunate. And, you know, Marvel can't really do anything about that. But it's like, we don't, I guess I'm trying to get out like, there's nothing I'm really anticipating from the MCU at the moment. Like there really isn't anything. Cause although Moon Knight was really good and like you know, Shang-Chi and Loki, I mean, I really love those, but it's like, I'm not really interested to see what's gonna happen with the future of the MCU. I think it's just kind of like, they're trying to figure out what they can do because after like the 22, 23 film run, they're just not able to accomplish what they want to. I mean, they could already got hit their angle with that. And I don't feel like they have an angle for this yet. Well, I'm actually pretty excited for Guardians 3. I think that's probably knowing yeah. that, that those movies never really were too attached to the greater MCU. And I don't think James Gunn is really focused on setting up the next Avengers movie with Guardians 3, but more concluding the Guardians story. And Darfur, obviously, I'm pretty stoked for, but I agree. There's nothing right now i think it's because and i'm not saying that these movies need to have mass appeal which they mostly do but kind of something matthew said earlier was that they're really leaning into right now the deep lore of the mcu that like i'd say probably 95 percent of most people that watch these movies don't know it's like who black bull who who's america chavez like what i don't understand this and even i don't know because it's really only like the stuff the real sweaty nerds will know. And sometimes that's kind of an issue if that's what you're going to build phase four all about, where it's like most people don't know Shang-Chi, most people don't know Moon Knight, you know, the list goes on. Or the Eternals, no one knows who the Eternals are, so much so they literally made only a couple comics of them and were like, no one's getting this, we're done. So I, I worry that they're going to really lean hard into that moving forward and it's going to turn a lot of people away because they're like, I, it's too confusing. Like we're at a point now where it's like they, Marvel's already used up their classic characters that people were already familiar with before the MCU. Now they're leaning to the back where it's like we need to go to the deep cuts or do we just stop making MCU movies? They're never. I don't think they're ever going to stop at this point unless, unless all the actors until all the actors probably pass away, unfortunately, or there's just like they have this massive, massive I don't know like Pluto Nash type bomb that destroys their reputation entirely, which I don't think will happen. Now the only heroes that they have left to work with are the ones that. They quasi don't own fully, but now they do like X-Men, Spider-Man, which they kind of own too. And um, Fantastic, another Four. Fantastic Four. If you, those two specifically, once they get into the MCU, they've basically done everything unless they do Morbius 3 or, and stuff, which they should yeah. do. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so up in the air. Like I'm excited for Thor 4. I finally saw the trailer um, when I saw this. Looks great. Guardians 3, I'm excited for. But as, as an MCU fan, like, I'm still going to go see them, not out of any obligation, but just because once hype does build up, it's like, okay, now I'm excited. In terms of long-term excitement, though, I'm just, I just don't know. Because we, because I don't even know if Marvel really knows at this point. Kevin Feige said he's planned the next 10 years of MCU content. Okay, what can we come but that, but that, like, But that's so vague, though. What do you mean? Like four Marvel movies a year now. Or exactly. Three or yeah. four. What is coming every single year from now until 2032 that, like, I don't know, that really not bothers me, but like it entices me, but at the same time, I'm like, I feel like that's a little too much if they're gonna keep on the same path and not maybe even do more. So I don't know. I mean, I think Marvel's has been at this point where, you know, 
like because like you said they used up all of their classic characters like people were familiar with and because me and Ice for Thor are going to be the last one I don't know I don't think it could be um I go with he's going to do a trilogy with Thor yeah probably but I think it's just where I don't necessarily I don't think because apart from a few characters I don't think there's really anything that the MCU is really riding on as like their next like big Avengers. Yeah, I mean the first six like people knew. I mean people knew those characters and really got attached to them. And it's like these new ones, like these legacy type characters, don't nest are not necessarily working for me at this point. I mean, because really apart, I mean maybe apart from like Doctor Strange and Spider Man, there really isn't one that really piques interest. I mean, obviously I got Wanda, but who knows what's going to be happening with her. I mean, they probably do the same stuff where it's like, oh, no, she's actually alive, guys. Um, but it's like, we don't nest. I'm not very interested to see what the MCU has writing on at this point. I mean, I feel like they're trying their best to kind of see what they can do and, you know, throw something at the wall and see if it sticks. But it's like, I don't know what these characters are enduring enough yet where I'm just not that intrigued. Uh, do you have anything else to add before we wrap up? Cable cameo was great. I thought that yeah. was fun. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> I always look for my, I always look forward to Bruce Campbell, Campbell cameos and Sam Raimi films. I think he's just a character at this point where it's like you know he he can punch himself all he wants and still get paid for it. And, you know, I appreciate it. So does, does that mean like in the in this multiverse? Does that mean that Bruce Campbell's character in this film? His variant is Ash from Evil Dead. Be hilarious! I really <laughs> wish they would have done that, but I, I obviously that was that was a long stretch. Yeah, but who knows? It could happen. I'm, there's probably billions of multiverses that Marvel just still hasn't explored yet, so I'm sure he's bound to be in one of them. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah. So, final thoughts on Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness? Yeah, it's fun, but it's a semi-underwhelming and messy because of the script. It's all over the place. It definitely feels very rushed. Like they just had to get it done and, you know, get into production and release it. But Sam Raimi saves this movie 100%. And it kind of would be sad if he doesn't return because he just has such a distinct style and he seems like he's someone that's so passionate about this kind of storytelling. I don't want this to, I don't think it will, but I don't want it to be a repeat of Spider-Man 3 where like he kind of gets made fun of for doing this where they're like well that's so cheesy because you know looking back spider-man 3 isn't that terrible and i don't think this is that terrible either like i said there could have been a lot more they could have done with this they should have done with this but it's fine for what it is i think dr strange one is a better movie but i mm -hmm. see myself re-watching this more just because i love what sam Raimi was able to do by injecting his like trippy weirdness to it so i'm going to give it a seven out of ten it's fun it's fine but nothing, you know, too special as I had hoped and dreamed it would be. Yeah, um, I think script-wise, this film doesn't work. I think they were trying to make it work and trying to cram characters in there but and tried to cram universes in there, but they just couldn't find the story and they were too focused on the, MC, the typical MCU stuff where it's like, oh, we're gonna build up to something, we're gonna introduce new characters, have new storylines focus on your main story first and dr strange was not able to be that enduring of a character in this one as he was in the first one but once you put sam raimi behind the camera 
and give him the space to kind of create within his limitations. This is a trip of a movie. I think without Sam Raimi, this film wouldn't be good. I don't think it would have been the best MCU film. Now, as it is, it's, a, it's just a mid-tier MCU film. But I think I might keep coming back to it. It's like, you know, because I really liked Sam Raimi and how he implemented his style into this film. And Sam, like Orson said, Sam Raimi saves the swing. And if, if there was no Sam Raimi, there wasn't gonna there wasn't gonna be a good multiverse of madness. Yeah, um, I I'm pretty mixed on it, but I think I lean a little more towards the positives, and I would still recommend checking it out if you would like to. Um, like I'm gonna agree with everyone. Sam Raimi saves it. And I said this earlier, but if he didn't direct it, this would be a lot worse. Like I don't. It would definitely wouldn't be the worst MCU film, but it would be in the bottom tier because the story is not very well developed and the structure is just so incomprehensible at times. It's like kind of astounding, and the characterization is just super weak. But it's so visually crazy. It's visually like just. It's it is at times it can be madness. It's just I wish they kind of explored the madness a bit more with the story besides just the visuals it feels like marvel and even sam raimi to some degree i but i can't blame him because he didn't write the script it seemed like they were focusing all in on the crazy visuals and just the trippy trippiness but they didn't put any of that effort into the narrative which is disappointing to see because you should either have an equal balance or put your story and characters first before you explore your visual style so it was disappointing. I don't know if my expectations were too high or I've just been spoiled by everything ever all at once, but despite being underwhelming, I still had fun, but there's the problems with it really do bring the whole experience down. So I think I'm going to give it a six out of 10. So that concludes this episode of Bijou banter and Bijou banter for this semester, or just this whole calendar year. Um, Tune in next time where we'll talk about something that'll probably come out in theaters. We're heading into the summer blockbuster season, so there's going to be more stuff that we'll talk about. And we won't be doing it weekly, but we'll probably do it either bi-weekly or just like every now and then. So tune in next time. And until then, I've been Matthew. I've been Orson. And I've been Daniel. And happy Mother's Day to all the uh, moms out there. And good luck <laughs> yeah. on finals for, you and for those students that are head on into it because one knows we are. And we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.